Thank you very much for your very warm welcome. So I just want to say hello to everyone here at Kingshead Peterborough, at Cambridge, Leicester, and everyone watching online. Welcome to the second uh, message in our series, Your Mind Matters. You know, I'm really grateful to be here again. It's a delight and a joy to be here. The last time I was up here, I was actually seven months pregnant, and two months later, we had uh, an addition to our family, baby Enyolua. He was born on the 25th of October. I'm saying this just to say thank you to my, you know, to life, to the life group, my life group, the wider Kingsgate family, all the food, the meal train, everything. I'm so grateful to you guys. Thank you so much. He's 10 weeks old now and thankful for moms and moms-in-laws that are around to support. Um, but I'm really glad that I'm able to share today because this message in this series means you know, a lot to me personally and I just wanted to share from the depth of my journey with you all. Um, so today we're going to be speaking about and talking about how we can move from anxiety to peace anxiety to peace. And you may wonder whether this is even possible in the kind of world that we live in right now. There's so many reasons why we should somewhat be fretful to, you know, we should worry and be anxious. And it's almost like you have to ask the question, is that possible? Can we be at peace? Is that, is that, is that possible? Amidst the seeming chaos. And so we're going to be exploring whether that's possible and how we can do that. So to answer that question, first of all, I thought it would be good to have a look at what the problem is so that we can begin to identify what the answers may be. So I will be speaking to you about anxiety, first purely from a medical perspective, but then as a person of faith, I'd like to share with you a more holistic, spiritual account and perspective of what's really going on when we're suffering from anxiety. You know, anxiety can be described as a feeling of um, unease, worry, fear, attention, um, and you know, this could be trivial, circumstantial, happening to anyone. We've all experienced moments where you're going for a test and you feel anxious or you have an interview, you know, and that can be temporary, not long-lasting. But for some other people, it can be a bit more difficult, you know, managing those worries. Some people find that it's more constant and it impacts quite negatively on their everyday lives. And I just want to say that I can empathize with anyone who may be experiencing that. Because for me, anxiety is not just words on written pages. This was my experience. You know, many years ago, I was someone who used to worry a lot. I worried a lot. I worried so much so that to the, to the point I, I actually had a breakdown, uh, a mental health breakdown as anxiety and depression got the best of me because they usually go hand in hand. You know, in those, uh, in that at that time of my life, I would have a flurry of negative, overwhelming thoughts and I'd feel like I had no control. I'd wake up my heart racing. You know, just no peace at all. I also suffered from a phobia called claustrophobia where I would feel a, a very significant uh, a sense of panic and trepidation if I found myself in an enclosed space, like an elevator or an airplane, uh, and wanting to go out but go where. So, you know, that was really an overwhelming time for me. But praise God, it's been 14 years on now. By the power of God, his mercy, his grace, his word, his truth, I've been set free. I'm not needing any medications. God has completely done an amazing work in my life for which I'm grateful. And praise God, hallelujah. You know, so today I just want to share some of the truths that I learned at that time during my journey that, had, that set me free and brought me to a place of peace. And I believe will be able to help us all going forward. So the first truth is that relationship with God brings peace. Relationship with God brings peace. You know, I thought we should just go back in time to how everything all started, just to try and understand where, where did all of this come from? When did we start feeling anxious? And I believe Genesis 3, 8 to 10 captures this moment, and we'll just read through it. 
And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said, where art thou? And, and he said, I, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. I hid myself. So we see here for the first time, Adam and Eve, the first of our time, experiencing and expressing an emotion they had never experienced before. Something terrible had happened. Something had gone wrong. They were for the first time disconnected in relationship with God. They were disconnected spiritually from God, their creator, their maker, their friend, the one they'd always known. So we see here that once God is taken out of the picture, humanity is left feeling vulnerable, exposed, anxious, worried, afraid. You know, as Christians now, we've been reconnected to God by our faith in Christ. But I just wanted to, to, to connect to the story I've just shared in terms of my personal journey. During that period of my life when I felt such in, um, extreme levels of anxiety, I was connected to God by my faith in Christ. But it was somewhat a mental relationship. But over the years, something happened, and I began to get connected to the Lord in a heart-to-heart-based type of relationship. I began to know God, not just mentally, but as a father. I began to know him personally. I found out that he was real. I found out that he was so wanting to be part of my everyday life. I, I didn't know that he wanted to be so part of our, every aspect of our lives. So that's what happened along the journey. I started drawing close to him, and then I found out that he was more down to earth than I ever thought. And I could cast all my cares on him and all that. I'll just share an example of, you know, a story that I, an experience I had with the Lord that kind of typifies what I'm trying to explain. You know, I was speaking to the Lord sometime recently in my prayer time, and I was talking to him about, you know, the word he, that is spoken of in the book of 1 John, where he says, God is love. And I, I meditated on that scripture, and I was just talking to God, and I said, God, you know what? If you are love, then you must just be an entity of love. And I said to him, and this will sound really interesting, but this is how I was thinking. I said, Lord, if you are just like us and you are like us because you made us in your image, then you've probably got a heart. And if you are loved, then your heart will just pump love, right? And in that moment, I, I just had this image, this picture right up in my heart where I saw this massive heart just pumping what I can only describe at that time as gushes of just liquid love. And I thought, wow, liquid love. I'd never heard of that phrase before. Never heard of that phrase before. So I came away from that time of prayer and just went on in my life. And I was subsequently listening to a preacher, and then the preacher was talking about the love of God. And then he said, I want to tell you about God's love. I want to tell you about his liquid love. And I thought, whoa, that's exactly what you said to me, Lord. And you know, for me, that this is something that God's been doing in my life in, in terms of how he relates to me. To make sure I don't miss that he said something to me, he repeats it. And I believe that God wants to communicate with each and every one of us the way that, we will, that would work best for us. And so for me, he knows that I love that. And he just didn't end there. Subsequently, a long way down the line, I hear another preacher speaking. And he says, you know, Charles Feeney once described God's love as liquid love. And I thought, whoa, Lord, definitely you're not getting, not missing this, Lord. You know, but for me, you see, moments like that, and, and I've had a number of moments like that where the Lord just reveals his reality, his presence, his, the fact that he's speaking to you and he makes sure that you know that you know that you know that he loves you and he's with you and he's for you. And when you experience God like that, anxiety begins to be nothing. It begins to fizzle away. And my prayer is that this is what our experience will be as we go on this year and beyond. You know, 
I mentioned that I began to draw closer to the Lord. And one of the reasons um, why I was able to begin to draw closer to God and really enjoy relationship with him, which resulted in more peace, was the fact that I understood, I began to understand something about how God relates with us as human beings. And I want to just illustrate that to you with a scripture and a diagram. And the diagram will also be relevant for some of what we're going to be seeing consequently. Because I believe that if we can see this picture, you know, the way it's helped me, I believe it will help you to just enjoy God more. So 1 Thessalonians 5.23 is a scripture. It says, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we can immediately see that we as, a, as human beings are three-part beings. We are spirit, we are soul, and we are body. We are spirit, I'm just gonna draw that for you now. So we are spirits, just like God. This is who we really are. We have a soul, which is made up of our mind, our will, and our emotions. And we live in a body. Now, why was this so important for me? Now, God relates with us spirit to spirit because God is a spirit. The scripture says God is a spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, when we all said yes to Jesus, something utterly remarkable happened. When we said yes to Jesus, we became reborn in our spirit. We became recreated. We were made, I'm sorry, I'm just writing really fast. We were made brand new. We were made spotless blemishry, perfect in God's eyes. This is what God did. This is what happened to us in our spirits, our core being. This is who we really are. This is what God did with the blood of his son, Jesus. Now, when you understand this, this means you can always come boldly to the Father, knowing that he sees you this way. He holds nothing against you because he's wiped your slate eternally clean. So this is what happened for me. I began to understand my identity in Christ. And so I began to speak to God as father does, as a daughter does to a father. Now, for some of us today, for someone here today, it would, your peace will start with recognizing that God has made you perfect, that God is, is saying to you, you can come to me with any worry, any care. I hold nothing against you. You can come boldly to my presence because I have made you like me. That's what my son did on the cross. And when you begin to do that and you begin to hear him speak to you, you begin to realize that he's that, he's that real and he's, he's that much for you. You begin to enjoy peace in increasing levels. Going forward, when I got to understand that and I began to enjoy his peace, I realized there was something more that I had to do. And this was the second truth about how I was able to maintain my peace throughout the years. I learned that when I've received peace from God, he then gives me the ability to preserve my peace. And so I'm going to be sharing with you some of the practical steps, some of the truths that helped me learn to preserve my peace and also um, practically do this over the years. There's a powerful scripture that gives us clarity on this. It's in Isaiah 26 verse 3. So we're talking about preserving the peace now, practical steps. So Isaiah 26.3 says, you will keep him in perfect peace, him whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So that's how we stay in perfect peace, when our minds can stay focused on the Lord. 
He's saying that he's going to be able to preserve our peace, keep us in peace if we keep our minds focused on him. But if, you know, if you're someone here who's struggling with anxiety, you will know that that can be tough. When your mind feels like, your thoughts feel like they're out of control and it feels like you, it's overwhelming, there's nothing you can do to be able to focus your, your thoughts. Talk less of focusing them on the Lord. But I want to share with you good news today and this was the, one of the, the things that really empowered me. There's something about the mind that we need to know. The Lord has given us the power of choice. He has given us the ability and the capacity for control. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he has given us a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a sound mind. And it will amaze you to know that the word sound mind there comes from a Greek word meaning sophronismus. This means a disciplined mind a self-controlled mind. So God has given us the capacity for this. And you know, for me, this was liberating to know that I had the ability to say, no, I will not fear. Hallelujah. So we can do that today, just like David said in Psalm 118. Praise God. Yes, so we've got the power of choice. We can say no. We can have control. We can focus our thoughts on the Lord. The other thing about the mind that was really key and powerful and helpful was I recognized that whatever we focus our minds on will ultimately affect us emotionally and physically. So when you're focused on worry, fear, and doubt, you you trigger a, a cascade of chemical reactions, electric chemical reactions that will have an impact on your body physically and also make you begin to feel down. But when you're focused on peaceful, wholesome thoughts, when you're focused on God, you would experience peace emotionally and physically. So this helped me because it helped me put a check. When I begin to feel out of sorts and I feel like my peace is gone, I ask myself, Kiri, what are you thinking about? What are you focusing on? And then I'll begin to take note of those things and realign to God's perspectives over whatever that situation is. So I believe that these are powerful things about the mind that can help. So practical steps that we can take to keep our minds focused on the Lord. I would, you know, be sharing from a scripture that is one of my, I'd say the most, one of my most favorite scriptures in the Bible is in the book of Philippians from chapter four, verses six to nine. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, just, pure, lovely, of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And the things which you have learned and received and heard and saw me do, saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. So we'll just run through some of the practical steps that we can take to preserve our peace. The first one is be anxious for nothing. Respond to the command, be anxious for nothing. For me, I see that as a command. I don't see that as a suggestion. I see that like, mind the gap. Put on your seatbelt. Be anxious for nothing. Why? Because anxiety in the heart of a man weighs him down. And you don't want to lose energy for the journey. So be anxious for nothing. A command, not a suggestion. And I also love the fact that it says nothing. Because nothing means nothing. And everything falls under the radar of nothing. So God has given us the right to worry about nothing. Okay, so God wants us to be... Free. He doesn't want his children holding on to any anxious thoughts. So he gives you the right to not worry. Praise God. The second step is to pray. I pray. 
in moments of, of, you know, when triggers come, I pray. You know, I go, I go away. I like to go away and talk to God, pour out my heart and tell him what I'm thinking and listen out for what he says. And, you know, and if, if I'm particularly struggling, I pray in other tongues or in the spirit or in, in your heavenly language, whatever you call it. But I pray in the other tongues because there are times when you're not sure how to pray or what to pray. And the Holy Spirit helps you with that accuracy that brings a sense of clarity and calm over that situation that you couldn't have arrived at without doing that. So pray. Step three, give thanks. So in those moments, you could assure your heart that the Lord has heard you and then begin to thank him for the fact that he has done that and also for every other thing he's ever done for you. You know, there's a scripture that encourages me a lot. It's in 1 John 5, 14 to 15. It says, now this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if he hears us, then we know that we have the petitions we've asked of him. So I just know that when I come to the Lord with his word, which is his will, he's heard me. If he's heard me, I can relax and know that he has sorted me out. And I can give him thanks. And thanks always goes so well with praise with music, with singing. So I play music. I can make a melody in my heart or I play some music all around me. And what happens is that there is a presence that comes upon you when you, bring, when you begin to praise the Lord. For the scripture says, the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. So this is something else you can do. Give thanks and sing songs of praise. Step four, meditate on and speak truth. You know, when those triggers come, whatever it is, I go for what the word has to say about that. I dive into the scriptures, you know, I write them out. I get until I understand what the word says about that. And then I engage that truth and I begin to declare it on my lips. You know, the Bible says perfect love casts out all fear. So for a very long time, I have declared nothing will be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. I'm loved by God. So you can declare truth that applies to what is going on with you. And when you speak those, those truths out on your lips, it solidifies your convictions, solidifies it in your heart, and it releases the power for breakthrough. And then all of a sudden, you realize that you are at peace. You know, in the book of Joshua, um, chapter 1, verse 8, it talks about meditating on the word there. And the word meditate there, it actually doesn't just mean reading through, but it actually means to mutter, to roar. So, you know, speaking the word is part and parcel of biblical meditation and very key to our breakthrough. So meditate and speak truth. Meditate on and speak truth. And the fifth thing that we can do is we can use a thought sieve. I use a thought sieve. I call it my Philippians 4, 8 thought sieve. Everything I just read, you know, think only thoughts that are true, the word, things that are God's perspective, lovely, admirable. You know, I, I watch, I choose what I watch on TV. I, I don't just allow the negativity just heat at me. I like to watch testimonies, good news, so that I can be full of faith, full of hope, full of courage. And you know, if we can do that, I know that that would also be the same, the case for you as well. So let's use a thought sieve and preserve our peace. And finally, call a friend. If things have become so tough and you're struggling, call a friend. That's why we have each other. There'll be someone out there within your reach, someone who can stand with you, who can help you, you know, focus on what God is saying, who can go through the steps with you, pray with you and encourage you. And then you'll begin to see that you'll continue to walk in increasing levels of peace. So we're just going to um, be praying right now. And I just want to pray, first of all, um, for anyone out there who's not come to know the Lord. 
And I think if you want to rise up at this point, you can rise up as we begin to pray and talk to the Lord. So for some of us here, and so for some people watching, you've never encountered God. You've never come into a relationship with him. You know, relationship with God brings peace. Relationship with him brings peace. So if this is, if, if, you're, if you've never come to know God and you're thinking about it, I'd like you to just speak to him because he hears you. And he wants to know you. He wants you to know him, to know him personally. So you can invite him into your heart. And if you're someone who's already been walking with God, but you want to have an experience of a deeper relationship with him, this is what God wants. This is why he sent his son, that we can have a relationship with each other. So I want you to speak to him and just say, Lord, I want to know you more. I want you to show up more. I want to, I want to be able to experience you better. I want to know that you're real. I want, to be, I want you to be part of my life every day. And if you're someone here who's struggling with extreme levels of anxiety, I want you to know that God has better for you. I want you to speak to him first. Tell him what it is that bothers you, what weighs you down, what worries you. And open your heart to just hear what he has to say. Thank you, Father God. And now I'm just going to be praying for anyone who is struggling with, with symptoms of anxiety, palpitations, inability to concentrate, you can't sleep. You're worrying and worrying and worrying. Your rest is gone. Your peace is gone. I just want to speak to you right now. If you're here and you're struggling that way, I love you to just place your hand over your chest. And I'm just going to speak the peace of God over you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I just ask now that for my brothers and my sisters in Christ, anyone who's struggling this way, Lord, I ask that that peace floods their heart in the name of Jesus. And I speak to anxiety. I command you to leave. I command you to stop your effects on whoever it is in the name of Jesus. I speak the peace of God that passes all understanding from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet in the name of Jesus. Father, you give your beloved good sleep. Lord, they will begin to sleep just like a baby in the name of Jesus father we thank you for your peace that floods your heart the heart of your children right now thank you Holy Spirit even for young children out there if you've got a child who's been worrying who's been having nightmares I just speak the peace of God over that child that child begins to sleep well begins to sleep well in the name of Jesus we just declare the blood of Jesus over your household and we say only the peace of God over your household reigns in the name of Jesus. Father, we just declare your rule and reign of peace and joy in, in our church family, across our families, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.